Riverside. Welcome. Are you there? I am, Dave. I'm just not talking over it. <laughs> Let it play. Let it play. All right, man. This is it, dude. This is the week of the game. And, man, welcome to Garage Takes. First of all, I don't want to escape by that. If it's your first time joining us, sorry, you've been missing out of uh, Season 2, but we're glad that you're here with us. Make sure that you follow, like, subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a five-star review or a positive comment. It goes a long way, and it's the best way to support the podcast. But, Brant, here we are, man. It's the game. It's Rivalry Week. Michigan, Ohio State, the stage has been set. Michigan escapes a narrow, narrow game that I, I do want to talk with you about for just a second against Illinois. Um, Ohio State did not look outstanding in their game against Maryland, but they won. And so you've got what the entire country and media has been asking for. You've got 11-0 Michigan traveling to Columbus to play 11-0 Ohio State. How are you doing, man? I'm doing well, Dave. It's just what an exciting time. Could be the best week of the year if it goes our way. <laughs> it could be the worst week of the year if it goes another way. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it'll be fine either way. But uh, this is what we've been waiting for, man. I am very pumped for this. Yeah. Yep. I think the it couldn't be any better, and I want to get right into it. And we are, by the way, we will wrap up this episode with the bets as always, but before then, I do want to talk about the Lions too, Brain. Just, I mean, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about these Lions that are on a three-game heater right now. So we will, we will touch base on the Lions as well. But Brant, I want to start with Michigan and Illinois because, ooh, we that was a close one, and Jake Moody, or as my son calls him, Jacob Moody. Uh, saved us and that was nerve-wracking I don't know how you felt man watching that game like I I was very I was standing up I was pacing I had the sweats I had all the things that I really did not want to have this past Saturday and I think you asked me on the last week's episode is this a trap game and I think I said like yeah I mean of course it has the potential to be a trap game because this is your game before your biggest game of the year, so it's easy to get caught sleeping. And I said I had confidence in Jim Harbaugh to have them ready. Brant, I thought Mich- or I thought Illinois played a heck of a game, first of all. Um, I think Illinois is the – they've had their slip – like they've shot themselves in the foot this year, like losing to Michigan State and Purdue and I think, what, like – was it Indiana? I, I forget, but it not not good losses uh, by by any means. But outside maybe that Purdue loss, but that Illinois team is good. That that defense is good. That secondary is good. Um, Chase Brown is one of the best running backs in the country. I do to take a take a chapter out of your book, Brant. I I do tip my hat to Illinois for having a heck of a game. But how did you feel, Brant, watching this thing? Dave, as I was watching it unfold, uh, it's the first time all year I felt that way. I felt a little bit clammy, a little bit uneasy, a little bit sick to my stomach at the end of the third quarter. Like, wow, we're really about to lose this undefeated season. Um, one, because we have some players out, uh, which, I mean, that happens. I mean, people go through, or teams go through injuries, and that's just the nature of the game. And... Watching Chase Brown run for those touchdowns, Dave, it was just like, oh, my goodness, we're not going to be able to stop this. And I could see late in the fourth quarter, mid-fourth quarter, him popping a big one and really putting the nail in the coffin. Did you feel like you were like, is that Kenneth Walker out there or is that no, Chase Brown? I, I did not feel that way. I did not ever feel that way. But I did feel like 
Harbaugh kept coming, and this team kept coming and getting a stop here or there, making a play here or there. And, Dave, what did I text you right after the game? That, that was a coaching gem. Yeah, it was an absolute gem. And I texted, I don't know how many people that. Anybody that would listen to me, I just told them, this is what we signed up when we got Harbaugh. This was an absolute beautiful performance from him and his coaching staff. And I think he took, like, you can see it in his post-game pressers now. You can see it in his pre-game pressers now. He seems like he's owning everything right now, and he has all the confidence, and everything is rolling his way. And to pull out a game like that, it just speaks volumes to the culture again, Dave. And I know that's a buzzword, and everybody likes to use that word. It's culture, culture, culture. Well, right now, Michigan has one of the best cultures in college football, and just watching Jake Moody hit that kick at the end of the game. Dave, did you ever feel like he's going to miss this? Or did you feel 99.9% sure he's making this? 99.8% sure is how I felt, <laughs> uh, man. I, they, yeah, it's money Moody. And the only reason I and, and the the way the reason that I felt like he might miss it is only if they block it. That's that's really what went through my mind. Only if we have a lapse of judgment and somebody misses a block is this kick not going through. And that speaks to Harbaugh too. Like he kicks a field goal late in the game to make it 17-16 when he could have went for it. I feel like old Harbaugh rolls the dice and says, you know what, let's go get the lead right here, right now. No, no, no. Let's be smart about this. Let's. We got a great defense. Let's kick this field goal, and then let's get the stop. We got the timeouts, and then we go down and we kick another field goal to win it. And, Dave, you pointed this out too. This is the way you win games in the NFL. It and is. That's such that was a great, an NFL move. And that is such a great point because – This is something where he didn't let the emotions get the best of him. He didn't say, oh, we got the home crowd, all of this type of stuff behind him. No, this is the smart play. Analytics say, do this. And uh, when we got that, um, there was the fourth down play, or it was going to be fourth and one, except for they got the holding call. Brett Bielema lost his mind, turns it into third and seventeen. And that completely kind of changed the game at the end there, too, because Ronnie Bell does what? What Ronnie Bell does, a great return in a clutch time, and you're just sitting there like, yes, what a great moment for a senior on senior day. Like, that was a huge play for them, and it put them right there where they needed to be. And just from top to bottom, great job by Harbaugh, great job by those coaches. I couldn't agree more, and I – I think watching that game from afar, it's easy to be frustrated. It's easy to have questions. It's easy to get greedy, to be, well, we're the better team. We should have blew out Illinois. This is not what I want to see going into Ohio State, but um, stop. Stop it if you're one of those fans. And, and that's just, just stop because at the end of the day, this is what happens. Michigan hasn't been in this situation yet this year and this is what happens when you play 12 games. And they were bound to get caught up at some point. It happened to be in the 11th game of the year uh, against, in, in my opinion, an underrated Illinois team, a well-coached Illinois team. And the bottom line is, is that we won. And these games are not easy to win. It very A couple of decisions or a couple of just getting scared or playing um, – I don't know, ahead of ourselves when things weren't going our way, when Isaiah Gass dropped that ball or when J.J. overthrew Colson Loveland. Like, there were moments where it was like, oh, my God, like, nothing can go right. Like, as a fan, I felt that, like, nothing can go right right now. But they stayed the course. And I do want to get into to J.J. McCarthy here. Um, we will in the next – we're going to do a buy or sell segment. I, I want to give some thoughts on, on J.J. McCarthy because I know that he's been under some, some criticism. But the last thing I'll say about this Illinois game that I want people to re- remember is – and this is not an excuse, so don't hear this as an excuse. Mich- everyone's injured at this point in the year. Everyone's dealing with something. Everybody's working through something. Michigan was down nine out of their 22 starters on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. And they lost in a scary moment. Blake Corum, your Heisman candidate, goes down and looked like a bad knee injury. He comes back, gets one snap in the second half, which was incredible. I mean, I think the big house erupted just to see him back out there. You don't know the status of him yet. Um, you, 
Junior Colson goes down at the end of the game. I mean, you're seeing key players. The offensive line, you got a couple offensive linemen go down. You, when you are missing almost half of your starters at this point of the year in a critical game, um, you've got to tip your hat to this coaching staff and these players to just be made of steel in that moment, to to bend and not break. And that's what they preach, and, and they live that moment out. So, yeah, you edge out a close one, but you get the win, and that leads us into an 11-0, and an 11-0 showdown in Columbus. Brant, before we get into buy or sell, I want to ask you a couple of questions about this game, okay? First is this. For Michigan to win this game, I need to know your confidence level. Scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the most confident, 1 being like there's no way we're going to win this game, which I don't think you're there. Where are you at and why? All right, Dave. My confidence level is scale of 1 to 10, you said? Okay. Um, I'll go 7 and a half. Um, I'll go seven and a half on the confidence meter. Um, what was the next question, Dave? Sorry. No, that, that was the question I wanted to, I, I I wanted to know what is your confidence level? You said 7.5, but the Mm -hmm. follow up is, and why, why are you saying 7.5? Okay. Because I think that we do two things really well. One is we can stop the run. We did it pretty good against Illinois. Like we, we weren't world beaters against Illinois, but we, we kept it contained for most of the game. Um, we stopped the run really well, and then we run the ball really well. So those are two things that I think can play really well against Ohio State specifically. Um, and so that's what's got me at a 7.5. The reason I'm not an 8.5 or a 9 is because, um, boy, Ohio State has playmakers just everywhere on the offensive side of the ball. Um, it's going to be – I mean, they don't even use Cade Stover. Like, Dave, I know you know who Cade Stover is. Like, he's just an, <laughs> an absolute beast of a tight end, and they don't really feature him. It's just like I'm waiting for him to kind of pop off the scene or um, Marvin Harrison to have a 250-yard day. Something something ridiculous. Like, um, we just don't have that kind of explosive plays in our – offense so it makes me a little bit nervous seeing someone else have that and just thinking about how they can score points in bunches Dave because that's really what they seem to do once the avalanche starts falling they'll bury it by 21 or 28 shoot in like a quarter you know so so yeah I I I would I'll tell you what Brant I I know the injury thing is a is an easy way to cower out but uh, I think had you have asked me before I saw the injuries pile up in Illinois, what my confidence level was, I would have put myself at like an eight and a half. I think I'm at like a seven right now, just because I don't know. Um, you can't understate the injuries that, and Ohio State has injuries too. They've dealt with them all year. I mean, their best receiver, Jackson Smith Najigba, hasn't really played this year. Who knows? He may rise from the casket and play on Saturday for all we know. Um, but yeah, they've got the, the differences with Ohio State, and not that Michigan isn't deep and doesn't have the depth, but the reality is is that Ohio State recruits on a different level. They have for the last two decades, and behind five stars who are hurt, they've got more five stars and on four stars at that. So they're loaded with talent, and they their their depth is it's just at a at a better level than Michigan. Now Michigan. Their depth seems to step up, right? Like you've got walk-ons that are that are stepping up and guys that no one's ever heard of, relying on Isaiah Gash to catch that ball after he dropped that one was just like, what are we doing right? Like, what is this game? What am I watching? Is that really what we drew up right now to like with the season on the line? But it is like that is where Michigan is at right now, and the reality is is that the health is going to be a really big factor. It won't be the only factor. Coaching is going to be a big piece of it. The players that are going to suit up and be on that field, which I do, by the way, Brant, I feel that your Blake Corums, your Donovan Edwards, your offensive linemen, unless they are hurt beyond belief, I would imagine that all of those guys suit up, um, and because they they want to be out there, they do. I don't know what they're what you know if there'll be a snap count or or, or what, but 
I would imagine that if these guys are anywhere between like a five and a six when it comes to health on a scale of one to ten, I'd imagine that they suit up and get out there and play. So um, the health the health is a really big question mark that really can't be uh, understated right now. I do also think Brant that, and I kind of want to get into just a couple of like keys to victory. I want I'll shoot one or two and then I'll pop it over to you, but. Um, yeah, you got to limit the big play. Like you named that, you've got to limit the big plays. And Ohio State wants to roll. They are, they want to they want to throw the ball down the field. They want to get it in the hands of their playmakers, and that doesn't match up particularly well um, for Michigan. So that's a concern for me. But if you can limit the big plays, and, and one of the things I think is most important is. You've got to. I don't even want to say start hot, but you've got to. You've got to start strong. You cannot get down early. You get down 10-0 to this Ohio State team early in Columbus. It, it ain't going to be pretty. I think Michigan needs to stay within a score throughout this game, and, and they don't need to be leading. Like I, I don't need Michigan to have a three or a seven point lead going into the half. I mean, I'd love it, but they got to be within striking distance because this offense isn't built to just turn around and put 14 on the board real quick like that, like Ohio state is. Um, so that's, that's one of mine. Go ahead, Brant. You know, what's funny about that, Dave, is you say a hot start, like a hot start to me, I can see like we're down seven, three at the end of the first quarter. Like that to me feels like a hot start for us. Like, I understand we don't have the lead. I get that. But, like, it already started, has the feel of a slugfest. Like, that's exactly. what we want to get you in the second, third, and fourth quarters is down into the trenches and, and let's start slugging it out. Um, so if it's not 14-zip coming out of the first quarter, then, you know, I'll take a 7-3, 10-7 type ball game coming out of the first quarter. You know, right, right, right where we want them. Right. Yeah. You don't, what you don't want to do is you don't want to start this game and kick the ball to Ohio State and have it be a two or a three play drive where Marvin Harrison Jr. takes off for like a 60 yard touchdown. Like that, that's not the start that you want. Columbus is going to be erupting. And like I said, this offense, especially with the injuries they have right now, is not built to, not that they can't get it done, but. I don't know, Brant. I have been waiting for now 11 going on 12 weeks for like this offense to take the top off, and it's just it's not happening. And that's okay. I've accepted like what this offense is, what it is. Um, but they've got to play their game, and they've got to annoy Ohio State. They've got to control the clock. They've got to, you know, it's looking. I don't know if you saw the forecast, Brant, but it's looking like it's going to be kind of warmer temperatures, somewhere between 55 and 60 degrees. As we're recording this on Tuesday night, 60, 60 to 65% chance of rain. I mean, not that I want to be that guy playing weatherman and what plays in Michigan's advantage, but, like, I love that. I don't know how, I don't, I don't know how you feel about that, but... Um, I think that that Michigan also, beyond the hot start, and we define that you and I define that very similarly. I agree with you, seven to three. Like, yep, that's a hot start. Limit that team, play your game, be be in the game. That I consider that a hot start in a game like this. The other thing that I think Michigan needs to do is. I think, and we've talked about it this year, C.J. Stroud, and I know I'll probably eat my words, he'll probably have the game of his life, but C.J. Stroud is soft when he is under pressure. He doesn't want to be hit, and you saw Aiden Hutchinson do it to him last year, and uh, Aiden Hutchinson's no longer on the team, neither is David Ojabo, but... You know, you're going to cross your fingers that you get Mike Morris back, that these guys up front, Mozzie Smith, they get pressure. They got to push around that Ohio State offensive line, which, by the way, I think Illinois has a better offensive line than Ohio State, um, or at least comparable. Uh, but I think that they've got to, they've got to put pressure on C.J. Stroud. He does not like to get hit. He is... I don't think he has ice in his veins. Like maybe maybe that's my, you know, I'm calling him out right now is I don't see that killer instinct. I see when he's getting hit and he's out of his rhythm, you can beat this team. So put put pressure on him and obviously continue to limit that run game. I know they got Travion Henderson back, um, but they can they can limit that run game. And, and Ryan Day wants to throw the ball anyway. Like, no matter how good their run game is, like, that is what he wants to do. Brant, do you have any other keys for Michigan before we shift into our buy or sell segment? Yeah, Dave, I got a couple of keys. Uh, I'll go with red zone defense. Um, I think getting getting stops to field goals is going to be crucial for this game. 
if you talk about just like three drives, Dave, if you stop two of three drives for field goals instead of touchdowns, that is going to pay huge dividends at the end of the game. And you're going to look back at those crucial red zone stops um, to where you held them to field goals instead of touchdowns. And whether it gives you a chance to win or you're right there at the end type of deal, I think the red zone defense is going to play a huge factor. I'm not going to go with the turnovers thing because that's obvious. Plus, um, I, I don't think either one of these teams is, is prone to turnovers. I don't think that's something that you'll see in this game. I don't think that you'll see either team put it on the ground. I don't think that you'll see either team throw a bunch of interceptions or something like that. Like That's just not what Stroud or McCarthy are known to do. So... Um, I'm not looking at that for a key. I'm looking at, Dave, I know it's the most boring stat probably in the history of stats, but yards per carry. I think that's going to be a huge, huge factor in this game. You break down like what Ohio State averages right now, they're like under three and a half. They're like 3.4 something yards per carry. Michigan is like tops in the nation. Like they're like 4.9 or something. Like they're they're averaging almost five yards on, on a five yards per pop on the ground um so if, if you take that dave and you're, and you're averaging four to five yards a carry look out it's going to be a long day for osu on, on that field and that obviously plays into the time of possession factor all of that keeping the ball away from them playing keep away you, you combine that with your red zone stops and you're right in this thing Yep, I I agree. I think that the defense, I like that, the red zone defense. That wasn't a point that I was going to bring up, but that's a really good one, is if you can change some of those would-be seven points into three points, that those are the kind of difference makers in a game like this that go it, that don't show up in the box score always. That 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 is a great key to this game. Yeah, and, and it plays to the Ohio State confidence factory too, right? Like, they're like, oh my gosh, we just can't crack the code right now, and we keep settling. You know, make them settle for two or three field goals. Maybe they miss one. You know, and then all of a sudden, their their confidence is is kind of getting shot down. Yeah, I and I think on the flip side of that, and then we can shift into the buy or sell segment. One of the questions of Michigan all year long, and still to this day, is their red zone offense. On the flip side, they got to be able to score when they're inside the five yard line. I do not need to see run after run after run and then run when it's like fourth and goal, like at the one, like get creative, do something different. Please, please do the RPO with JJ and like do something that's like a P or an O in that. And not just the R like, I I don't know what it's been this year, but it hasn't been good. It's not like JJ McCarthy forgot how to run the RPO. Okay, like that is what he was brought in to do last year for Cade. So it's been weird to me this year. And I know there's like this theory out there from Michigan fans that, well, just wait to Ohio State. We're just we're we're hiding it all. Like we've got all these surprises out there. Like, come on. I I, I don't think so. Like, prove me wrong. But like, don't. And honestly, if that was the strategy, like shame on you, Harbaugh and this no, coaching staff. Like it's so no. stupid. That is such a fan con- conspiracy. That is so stupid. That I is. think you might do that against UConn and stuff like that, but you're not doing that against Big Ten competition. That is so stupid. Right. Right. All right, Brant. I want to get into a little bit of buy or sell, and it has been a minute. All right, Brant. Buy or sell. The Michigan defense creates two or more turnovers this weekend. I'm selling, Dave. I just i I don't see Stroud doing it. Uh, I've seen him play against multiple different defenses. He just does not turn the ball over, man. He hardly puts it in harm's way. He'll throw it away a lot. He'll take sacks. He'll do stuff like that. Um, but he he rarely ever puts it on the ground or or turns it over through the air. So I'm gonna go with uh, they might get one lucky one, but. I'm not seeing to two turnovers. I'll buy. Yeah, I'll buy that. And I think it's going to be a key. It's an obvious key for this Michigan team, but I'll buy it because that could also mean, and especially in slippery conditions, pop the ball out of there once for a fumble. I I could definitely, definitely see that. And Michigan needs it. So I I, I will buy it. To your point, if they're going to be starting Dale and Hayden, 
uh, true freshman running back. Who knows how Williams? Who knows with Henderson's health yeah. statuses? If they do start William or if they start Hayden, I could. I guess I could see maybe a turnover or two from him. Good yeah, point. I. I think it's going to be Hayden and Henderson. I am you know, Williams. I don't believe is playing, but I, I don't know. Don't quote me on that. I'm not ruling out guys like Josh Allen. So, <laughs> so, all right. Brant buy or sell Blake Corum. Now this is if he plays. Okay. Blake score. I just called him Blake Scorum. You, your eyes lit up like a Christmas tree. Wow. Dude, that was so incidental. That, was, <laughs> that so happy. That right so there, happened. put that in the record books of the podcast, man. I may have just given Blake a new nickname. I've never heard that before. Have you, Blake Scorum? No, I have not heard that, but uh, that that rolled off your tongue pretty easy. Nice. Wow, I like this a lot. All right, Blake Corum scores two or more touchdowns and solidifies his seat in New York for the Heisman. Not necessarily win the Heisman, but he'll be there. Dave, I'm gonna sell. I think that he's going to be keyed on so hard. I think this is a perfect game to use him as a decoy. Um, you maybe get some play action off of him. You know, you, you you play Donovan and him at the same time in the backfield. They're keying on, on Blake's run. Maybe you throw it out to Donovan instead. I just think that he could be such a good decoy in this game that I think that's for the betterment of the team. I'll go. He goes under two touchdowns. I will sell that as well. Um, I, I think that once again, I'm not a doctor and I have no clue what the hell or like the status of his knee is, but I do think that he plays. I do think that it's limited in some fashion. And I, I think in order to use him as a decoy, he's going to have to prove early on that he can actually run the ball. So, um, but I, I don't see this as the game that is f- featuring Blake Scorum, new name. All right. Buy or sell, Brant. J.J. McCarthy quiets the noise and plays his best game of the season. I will buy this. Um, I don't think statistically. His statistics have been weird anyway. Um, I don't I don't see this as like a eye-popping don't, stat line for Yeah, me. I don't even mean stats, though. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I just mean um, as, as far as leadership and, yep. and balanced offense and, and not making mistakes. Will this be his finest moment? Absolutely. I think whether they win or lose, I think he just has such a calming, focused presence that you'll see it on Saturday in the biggest moment where he just looks calm, cool, and collected. And whether he's dropping dimes or not, I have no clue. But I just feel like he's going to be in the moment and prepared and focused. And whatever that may end up looking like, we might only score 13 to 17 points, Dave. I have no clue. But I guarantee you he will be locked in. I think, yeah, I'm going to buy this as well, Brant. I am... I have been confident in J.J. McCarthy since this summer when we started talking about who should be the starting quarterback. I still say, and I know people will argue, you look at the stats, you look at the the missed throws down the field, and Cade was doing the same thing, and look at their stat lines. I'm not... I'm not budging on this. I think J.J. McCarthy, you saw it against Illinois, and he missed some throws. That J.J. was, he was flawed in that game. But the one thing J.J. never was, was he was never rocked. He never, ever had a moment where he looked panicked or that he looked just like anxious back there in the pocket, like had to make a play. He made the right play every time. And even if he didn't connect on the throw, you can see it when you look in these guys' eyes. And that's why I say, put give me J.J. McCarthy. I know people will listen to this, especially people who hate Michigan. Like, oh, of course you would say that. Give me, in a big moment, give me J.J. McCarthy over C.J. Stroud. When the pressure is on and the heat is on and their backs are against the wall, I think J.J. McCarthy has ice in his veins. And I trust that he's going to make the right play. It may, it might not be that 40 a 50-yard bomb down the field that we've all been waiting for. But it's going to be the right throw, whether that's to Scooney if he plays or Colson Loveland or Isaiah Gash, you name it. He's going to make the right play, and I'm confident in him to do that in this game. Um, And once again, I've said before, 
stop getting so scared about interceptions. Like, yeah, you don't want to throw interceptions, but the thing I believe about JJ is if he throws an interception in this game, I believe, and he's a true sophomore. Let's not forget that. I believe he's got the mental focus and the mental edge to be able to recover from that and go right back out there as all great quarterbacks do and lead this team to the next drive. So um, I will buy this. I agree with you, Brant, that... Buying it, not on the stat line, but just on an overall game, being a leader of this team, uh, I'm going to buy that J.J. McCarthy certainly does that. All right, Brant, buy or sell. C.J. Stroud throws for over 300 yards and at least two touchdowns. I'm going to go sell. I've got the I've got the under on this game. I don't know if he might get two touchdowns. I, I could see him getting two touchdowns. Three hundred yards is an awful lot against a pretty good secondary and a pretty good pass rush. Um, plus, Ryan Day has this <sighs> obsession right now with trying to run the ball. Um, he wants to prove that they're a tough physical team, and you can see in times where he gets in games and he just throws it out the window. I totally get that. I don't think this is the game where he just completely abandons the run. Uh, I think they keep trying it. I think they want to also be on the time of possession factor against Michigan. Um, they want to they want to keep the ball away from Michigan too. Like that's that's like far fetched to people think that they just want to throw up points immediately as fast as they can. I mean, yeah, wouldn't that be great? But you you can't go three and out against Michigan multiple times in a game, and he knows that. You can't do what you did against Northwestern. You kept trying. You kept you kept trying to run the ball, and you couldn't run the ball, so you just started chucking it. Like that, that just can't happen against Michigan. Uh, they'll make you pay. They will actually score the ball. So I, I think I think I'll take the sell on that, Dave. I'm in agreement. I'm going to sell that as as well. Might might get close to that in the 250 range or something like that. 250 to 270. 300 yards seems like a lot on on this defense. I guess we'll have to see, though, but I'm going to sell. All right. Marvin Harrison Jr. has more than 100 receiving yards and at least one touchdown. Buy or sell? I'm going to sell that as well. I think he could score. I can see the touchdown. 100 yards, Michigan's going to be keyed up on him. I think that they're going to say, Cade Stover, you can eat, uh, you know, let the backs, you know, hand it off please you know but we're gonna we're gonna throw two guys over there it might be dj turner and maybe rod moore over top they're gonna be focused on him a lot during this game and if jsn's not gonna play which i don't expect jsn to play i mean he could surprise us all and come out there but i I expect him not to play and if that's the case julian fleming uh abuka like they're gonna have to really ball out uh, for us to be afraid of those guys i think they're good receivers don't get me wrong i mean they're like four stars too um, but I, I just think that you do everything in your power to stop him. Dave, another thing that plays into this pass interference. I mean, I will rather give up 15 yards all day than 65 yards all day. You know what I mean? And I, I feel like that's going to happen. Plus you already hit on the weather factor. That's going to play into CJ on the cell and that's going to play into Marvin Harrison on the cell for me too. So I'm going to sell this one, Dave. So I'm going to buy this one. I, I do agree. I mean, I think that part of Michigan's game plan is going to be zeroed in on Marvin Harrison Jr. I've just I've got a feeling that he's going to still get some catches, and I think he's talented. Not to say that DJ Turner is not. Not to say that Rod Moore cannot help. Um, but I've got a feeling this is uh, somewhere between like an eight, nine, or ten catch game for Marvin Harrison Jr. And they they find a way to get him the ball. So. I'm going to buy that one. All right, Brant, buy or sell. Michigan turns the ball over no more than one time. Um, I'm going to buy that. Uh, I got them at one or under. Uh, I could easily see zero. I mean, this team just does not turn the ball over. I, Dave, uh, I remember J.J. threw a pick at Indiana and I don't remember him throwing another interception. Maybe you can help me. I don't. I don't really recall. I know he had a, a close call against Maryland. Mm, um, I, I'm not recalling. Yeah, I can't, I can't exactly recall. Anyway, I know that uh, 
we were at the game against Michigan State when Cornelius fumbled. But, like, I'm pointing out these specifics because I, I don't really remember a lot. I mean, Blake Corum obviously fumbled last week when his, his knee got hurt. But if, if he doesn't hammer his knee, then we have zero turnovers again. So um, if you're not including fourth down stops on turnovers, then, yeah, I've got, uh, I've got the under on that. So I'm selling. Or I'm, I'm buying. I think it was a buy. Yeah, buy. Michigan turns the ball over no no more than one time. I will buy that as well. I think that uh, that's Jim Harbaugh. That's coaching, and that's these position coaches as well, from like Mike Hart on down. Of they limit the turnovers. You saw it, even my God that play that JJ. I know they reviewed it where the ball was dropped and he picked it back up, managed to keep his knee up and make like the play one of the plays of the game to get that throw off. I I just think that this, this is not a team that turns the ball over. Um and I don't now in, in the past different Ohio State defenses, different personnel, say just looking at the names on the field probably going to force more than one turnover, not this year. I will I will buy that as well. All right, Brant Buy or sell, Ronnie Bell leads the team in receptions and receiving yards on Saturday. That's a major sell for me. I have no clue who it's going to be, but I definitely know I'm not sticking with Ronnie Bell. like Or any <laughs> wide receiver. Yeah, I, I have a feeling you could see three, four catchers from multiple guys, Dave. Um, it's my safest bet right now after watching Michigan football all year. If you want to go with the most catches and with the most chance for most yards, just go with the tight end. You'll feel good about it. Uh, if Schoonmaker plays, he could have seven catches for 85 and two touchdowns. I mean, that's the type of offense that this is. So um, I'll go receivers under 50 on the majority of them, Dave. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I'm actually selling that as well just because I – I don't know. I mean, I put that one in there, Brant, just because I'm like, seems like the type of game where you're going to get a senior like Ronnie Bell to just step up and have himself the his game of the year. I mean, he had the punt return, as you know, you mentioned earlier in the episode. This is what seniors do. This is what your big play guys do. But, my, I mean, no one's really been a big play guy this year on this Michigan offense outside of Blake Corum. So, that's very hard, very hard to predict. Uh, so, I will, I will sell that. All right, Brant, two more. Buy or sell. The winner of this game, of the game, wins by seven and a half or more points. So this is also in our betting segment. Um, You said win by more than seven and a half points. I'm going to sell. I think this thing is close. I will give my score prediction on the betting segment. Sell. This is going to be a close game, and we will talk about this one in the bets. Brant, last but not least, if this game is won by less than a touchdown, which both of you, both of us think that it will be, both Michigan and Ohio State make the college football playoff. I think it's got to be less than 14, Dave. Um I think if you can keep it respectable within a 14-point margin, I think you're both going to go. I do not see USC winning out. I think we saw tonight Clemson coming at number eight behind a two-loss Alabama. I think that shows you what they think about Clemson. And I don't think a win over South Carolina and a win over North Carolina is really going to move the needle for those guys. Uh, I think a 21-point loss to an average Notre Dame team um, is really going to be the nail in the coffin for them. Uh, So... Yeah, if you can keep it within 14, you're both going to go to the playoff. As I showed you tonight, Dave, the ESPN, who basically picks the playoff. Like, you're kidding yourself if you don't think ESPN has major influence on who goes to the playoff. They have Michigan at an 81% chance to make the playoff right now. For context, Dave, they have them as a 24% chance to win the conference. So think about that for a second. They're telling you. Michigan is most likely going to make the playoff if they're in a game with Ohio State. So my 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 words to Michigan fans are just chill, okay? There's there's going to be a committee that meets on all this stuff. Just relax. This 
So I'm glad we're re- recording this after the uh, college football playoff show where they just put out these rankings because the stats that you just shared make me want to say I will buy it. It seems like, and TV ratings speak as well, program names speak as well. Um, from what you just shared, it sure sounds like if this is a close game, both these teams are making it to the CFP. I'll be honest, Brant, before tonight, this is not my opinion about whether I think Michigan should be in or Ohio State, like their strength of schedule, yada, yada, yada. Just what I thought was going to happen, I would have sold this, actually. Um, those percentages are very interesting to me. Where they have Clemson is very interesting to me. I don't disagree with it. Um, I just I find it interesting. I find it telling. I think if you look historically... These rankings, these percentages that they put out are pretty indicative of how things shake out here at the end of the year. So I'm going to hesitantly buy this. Dave, one point I want to also make is there's a new sexy term that uh, that the ESPN people are using and the committee are using. Have you, have you caught on to this yet? They're using mm-hmm. this, these words or I guess this term called strength of record. Um, it's not your strength of schedule. It is your strength of record. Um, and I think that's telling to, to kind of say, okay, Michigan might have the 87th strength of schedule, but listen, their strength of record now, Dave, their strength of record is number four. And I think you just, that's just one of those things that they throw out there and say, Hey, we said it was the strength of record, not strength of schedule. Okay. They're number four. Like, right. I have no clue what that is, but it sounds good. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll take that and roll with it. All right, man. Yeah, I know we'll we'll finish up in the uh, the betting segment, but golly, I cannot wait. And Brant, it just seemed like not long ago, and it was almost 365 days ago where we hopped on on a Saturday night when it did an emergency podcast where Michigan finally got the monkey off their back and beat Ohio State as fans swarmed the field in Ann Arbor with the snow coming down with Jim Harbaugh, Aiden Hutchinson, and those guys just smiling, hugging, cheering, and the alma mater, the, uh, the, the alumni that were present there, Charles Woodson. I mean, that moment was so special last year. And make fun of it, Ohio State fans, all you want. Yeah, of course we act like that was our the Super Bowl and the greatest thing we've ever done. They just beat us for like 20 years in a row. Whatever, it was a big moment. And I think it was a turning point in this rivalry. I don't know if Michigan's going to win on Saturday, but I know they have the legitimate confidence from this coaching staff and the players in that locker room to do it. Um, and I genuinely believe that. I've heard it every year. Heck, I've heard it six years ago, seven years ago. I, I haven't felt it. I haven't. And I feel that last year and that team changed the direction of this program. It changed the direction of their head coach in, in Jim Harbaugh. And I feel real good, Brant. I feel really, really good going into this game. Dave, I'm, I'm telling you, watch Ohio State win on the last second field goal and tell me they don't storm that field. Watch it. I'm guaranteeing you, watch it Saturday. You could see a storm field. Like, I could see it happening. If it's a close game and they win late, they'll storm the field. Right, right. Hey, some people were born on third and act like they hit a triple. <laughs> you know? That is uh, one of yeah. one of Jim Harbaugh's best lines, by the way, that we can move on from last year and talking about Ryan Day, which I just love because not that I I'm not a huge fan of like the smack talking. It's just not my my I try to be humble with it and not be over the top and be that fan. But Ryan Day said last year that they were going to hang a hundred on on Michigan going into that game and. Jim Harbaugh's quote after that game about Ryan Day and basically the kind of coach he is and what he inherited from Urban Meyer at Ohio State, one of the best quotes ever. Some people are born on third and act like they just hit a triple. So that, Dave, did you that, hear what he said about it this year when he was asked oh, about it? Oh, his tone was very interesting and different this year. Yeah, uh, I just thought it was funny. He just said, you know, it's pretty much irrelevant. You know, yep. It's pretty much irrelevant now. Brand I said Ar- what I, it, 
he felt like I said what I had to say. It's irrelevant now. So, all right, last I could we could talk about this game so much, and we we'll talk about the Lions for literally like five minutes. But I do think that it is Jim Harbaugh. If you listen to any of his interviews or the players being interviewed before this game, they were so intentional with their words. They did not give one ounce of bulletin board material for this Ohio State team. They were complimentary of them. They were talking about them being two good programs, two good teams. They were fishing. The media's been fishing. C.J. Stroud bought into it. Um, He's engaging in it. Michigan's being very quiet, very quiet. And uh, sometimes you got to get a little quiet into the belly of the beast. I like it. I like where this team is at. All right, Brant. Ooh, the Lions on a heater right now. Three-game winning streak. Never heard of her. That's what Pat said. <laughs> he sent us that text message, and he is so right. So, has Brand, I got a couple of questions. Has Dan Campbell earned back your confidence as the coach that can get it done here in Detroit and get this team back to I, mean, I can't even say back to the playoffs. Get them to the playoffs. Um, not this year, but is he the guy? Because we've asked that question throughout the year. Boy, Dave, is Dan Campbell just a roller coaster ride or what? Like, man, say what you want about Dan Campbell. He is great for TV. I, like, run to see as soon as they release the post-game videos of him. Because they're so emotional, they're so raw, and I feel like they're like real. Like that's really how he oh, yeah. is. I agree. And uh, I'm like a junkie when it comes to like having to be in that locker room to see what he has to say. And uh, I mean, he's just so complimentary of the guys. He knows who you know wins those games. Like he's he's one of the guys, really. Um, I I don't know if he's earned my trust as a coach. I, I don't I don't think so. I, I haven't seen enough uh, good game management yet. Like, the Patriots game still is kind of stuck with me, Dave. Like, that's something that you just can't get out of your craw. Uh, you beat three. Dave, you said it last week. The Lions, or the Giants were an inflated, bloated 7-2 and two team. You didn't believe in them. I, I didn't really believe in them. Um, so I did pick them to win, but it's not like I really believed in them. I think that that was a nice three-game winning streak, obviously, but I think it was a nice three-game opponents that you had. Let's see how you do against the Bills. I'm not asking you to beat the Bills. I'm, I'm asking you to stay in the game, please, on Thanksgiving. Um, let's see what you got, and let's let's not hear you come back to the podium, Dan, and say, God, I wish I would have done that differently. I'm saying less of those moments and more competitive games. Now that you've won three in a row, that's going to bode well towards the end of the season, Dave. I think you're seeing adjustments to like the frustrating over aggressiveness of calls early on in this season that literally cost them games has sort of dwindled lately where Dan Campbell and I love the guy too I have all along but he's pulling up his big boy pants and realizing he's an NFL coach that needs to make NFL decisions and kick a field goal every now and then Um, and I think that you are when he's starting to put together some of the X and O's of being a head head coach in the NFL, I think the game starts to slow down for him as a head coach. Now, I'm not ready to say, just like you, Brant, that I am bought into saying he's going to be the guy. I want him to be the guy, but yeah, let's let's see what this game looks like at home against the Bills who have been here for like two weeks now because of their snowstorm. Like, let, let's see what this game looks like because I swear to God, if I got to watch Thanksgiving at noon and the Lions lose by 20-plus points to the Bills, like, I'm going to be back here on this episode next week just like, nope, nope, he's not the guy. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's so, let's see. Three games is awesome. I, I'm impressed. It's hard to win three games in a row in this league, but – Show me you can compete with a with a big boy team like the Bills, a struggling Bills team, by the way. Yeah, Dave, it's almost like the back of Dan play, Dan Campbell's play chart. It just says like, "Don't be an idiot." Like that's right. what it needs to say. Like, like right. uh, when when Dwight's like Michael yeah. gave me the best <laughs> advice one time. He always says, "Don't be an idiot." <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Exa- exactly. An all time great quote. Um. All right, Brant, a couple more things on the lines, and then let's rock with these bets. 
Jamison Williams, J-Mo, returns to practice off of a torn ACL from Alabama last year. We all remember when that happened. How big of an and so I don't believe he's not going to play this week on a short week um, against Buffalo, but decent chance to get him back that following week. How big of an impact do you see him having on this offense? Man, I could see a really big impact on this offense. Um, with the weapons that you already have and the way that this oper- or this offense operates, Dave, he's going to have a chance to get open, get the ball in space, and be effective. Now, how many touches does he get a game? I'm hoping he gets four to five touches a game, Dave, whether that just be a little bubble screen or just slants over the middle, whatever you want to put him Put him in there. Just get him the ball quickly in space, and let's see what he can do. I know he's going to be a deep downfield threat, but listen, we still have Jared Goff chucking the ball, and he's not exactly throwing it you know, 40, 50 yards down the field. We don't need him to. This offense is fine operating how it's operating, and uh, it's working. So having him come in and just be another playmaker, I think that's what we need. Look, Lions fans, you have been waiting patiently. You knew that mom and dad got you this awesome Christmas present, and they bought it for you months ago. And you've been waiting and waiting, and it's been wrapped up, and you're about to get to open that present here before Christmas and see what JMO looks like. And I think that you are right, Brant. I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised what that new shiny toy does for this offense. Unfortunately, I don't think Jared Goff will get the most out of that new shiny toy. Uh, but I think that he's going to add an element to this offense, an explosive element that it needs desperately. Um, and I, I think that he's going to make Amon Ross St. Brown better and is going to open up this this offense. And so, yeah, I, I am beyond excited because, and this leads me to my last question for you, Brant, is I'm excited about this new shiny toy that they trade that Brad Holmes put in his trade chips and moved up to go get his guy, which was Jamison Williams after he got Aiden Hutchinson number two overall last year. Yeah, another shiny toy that it seemed like to start the year, like, wow, DeAndre Swift. God, he looks a little Barry-esque at times. Like, he's quick back there. He's a playmaker. Like, when he touches the ball, he's electric. We know he's had injury problems. Same story with, like, every Lions running back since Barry left, basically. But something weird is going on, Brant. And I don't know if it's just me, and that's why I want to ask the question. Something weird is going on with DeAndre Swift. Dude is carrying it like five or six times a game. A very weird snap count. If he's really hurt, wouldn't he just not be playing? The way they use him is so weird. It almost seems to me like he is in Deuce Staley's and like Dan Campbell's doghouse. Like they're like, Jamal Williams has passed you. Like Craig Reynolds before he got hurt has passed you. Like Justin Jackson. Like these guys are like passing like DeAndre Swift is like RB3 right now. What is what I'm just curious to know your thoughts on the DeAndre Swift situation and then let's get into the uh the bets here. I saw the tweet that said there's absolutely no reason Justin Jackson shouldn't be RB number 2. I was like, "What? What is yeah. this? Like, are we serious? Um you know, I don't know if it has anything to do with the trade rumors that came out earlier in the season or, you know, he was he was I think the the exact quote was he's pissed about his playing time or whatever it is. But I think if we go back to Hard Knocks, Dave, I mean Deuce Daly, how many times do you hear him talk about having the dog? Having that dog in you. Um and I think that's just Dave, do you think he missed games because he was nicked up or cause he was hurt? Like I think nah. does that does that have something to do with it? I have no clue. But I agree, Dave. It is weird. It is strange and they seem to love them some Jamal. And I get it. Jamal is a firecracker, good team guy. He's not even close to the talent level of DeAndre. Like, that's not even – that's no. apples and oranges, man. Really. It is. Uh, um, go ahead. No, no, it is. I just – I don't want to be the team to give him his second contract. I, I just don't think that – it's hard because you're like – you feel like he hasn't even scratched the surface and the talent is certainly there, but why – you want to give a running back a second contract that literally can't stay on the field? I mean, talk about a trade chip. It might be time to move on from DeAndre Swift if this dude can't see the field, especially in these games that have now become meaningful. You're you're in the graphic, dude. You are in you're in the hunt. 
you're in the hunt. I'm not saying the Lions are going to make the playoffs, but they're in the grip. Like, these games start to become meaningful again. Dude's got to be able to to take some carries. So, that's it. All right, Brant. Let's shift and wrap this up in these last five minutes. The bets of the week. Give me the the game last, please. Start with the NFL. I want you to to, to flip this around. All right, Dave. Let's go with um, let's go with the Bills at Lions then. Thanksgiving Day game. Uh, Lions at home getting nine and a half. Ooh, yeah. I I will take uh, the Lions plus nine and a half. You know, I've been on the Lions a lot this year, and I haven't been wrong a lot with the Lions. I will take them plus nine and a half at home. Give me, I'm on the uh, the Dan Campbell hype train. Let's go. Dave, give me the turkey, give me the stuffing, give me the nine and a half points. I'm taking all the lions I can get. Give me the money line. Oh, wait, just kidding. Just give me the oh, nine and a half. Yeah, nice. <laughs> I'll Bold. fall short of that. Uh, I'll take the nine and a half, though. Uh, Bills haven't been looking spectacular. Uh, lions to cover. Uh, Giants and Cowboys. Uh, the game right after that on Thanksgiving, Cowboys favored by eight and a half over a seven and three Giants team. They have the same record. How about them Cowboys rolling over those Vikings last week, forty to three? I had my doubts. I'm all in on the Cowboys. I do not think they're going to cover eight and a half. That was my. Uh, I, I I do think that the Cowboys are legit. I think that the Giants are coming off a tough loss i think they're they're feeling a little bit of the pressure they don't want to see their season fold this is a rivalry divisional game on thanksgiving the cowboys tend to ruin my thanksgiving afternoon most years um i do think they win this game i don't think they cover eight and a half what about you brand dave i got them covering the eight and a half they're on a roll mike mccarthy you can come eat at my thanksgiving table hopefully we have enough food um Oh, with the Cowboys to co- <laughs> I'm going to go uh, with the Cowboys to cover. You really um, did it. You really did it. Okay. Mom, Rhonda, we need a second turkey. Mike's coming over. <laughs> All right, move on. All right. <laughs> Packers <laughs> at Eagles. Uh, let's go. Eagles, uh, they're home favorites by seven. I mean, the Eagles haven't looked great. Um, the, the Packers are – just not great so i i will take the eagles covering seven points in philly yeah this this has a feel of the eagles blowout to me i will grab yep. the eagles with seven um all right dave let's move on to uh college football the team of the week last week south carolina blowing the absolute doors Whoa, off of yeah Tennessee. that's a game we didn't even touch on but that was wild um, that was wild. That was an awesome game. All right, South Carolina at Clemson. Clemson favored by 14 and a half. Yeah, give me South Carolina, man. Um, yeah, give me South Carolina. I, I thought that way too com- like with way too much confidence. Yeah, this is totally really has the, the makeup of a game where they just like they had that sweet game last week and then Clemson feels all disrespected by their CFP ranking and still don't care. Give me South Carolina plus 14 and a half. Give me the fighting Spencer Rattlers. Love it. South Carolina. Uh, all day. Forgot about Spencer Rattler till last week, to be honest with you. Dave, everyone did. Don't yeah. worry. Future Lions quarterback. Oh, my <laughs> God. That's a topic for the offseason. Right. Uh, Notre Dame at USC. Uh, Trojans, four-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Terrible defense, Dave. Give me Notre Dame. Plus four-and-a-half. And I'm going to be pulling for the fighting Irish hard. Hard. Dave, Dave, can we get you on the money line? Yes, give it to okay. me. Notre Dame on the money line. Let's go. All right, Marcus, Marcus Freeman statement game. Love it. I'm on Notre Dame as well. I'll take the money line as well. Um, I love that. Uh, all right, Dave, game of the week, of the century, whatever you want to call Let's it. Let's go. Let's go. Fox, big noon kickoff. Joel Klatt, Gus Johnson, you know, everybody in the house for this one. Michigan at the dreaded Buckeyes. Seven and a half point favorites. The Buckeyes are at home. Brant, I know where you're going with this, and I'm going right there with you. I want to say it in unison, baby. Go blue, blue. plus seven and a half. Let's go. <laughs> this is it. This is what you play for all season, plus seven and a half. Take me on the money line. I'm going blue all Saturday long. Let's go. I 
can't wait for this game, man. Dave, give me your score, man. Woo! I will take Michigan 30, and I will take Ohio State 24. Dave, I've got Michigan 24, Ohio State 23. I've got Jake Moody in the clutch again, baby. Back-to-back weeks. Doesn't matter. Rain, snow, whatever. Hurricane. He'll knock it through the uprights. Dude, I like that. Money, Moody, to the rescue. Hey, thank you for joining us. This was a fun episode here on Garage Takes. Make sure that you follow, like, subscribe to the podcast, leave us a five-star review, positive comment. I hope that the next time you hear from Brant and I, we are celebrating a 12-0 Michigan team that is headed to Indy to defend their Big Ten title. We will see you all next time. Go Blue. Powered by Riverside.